0: So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast. This is episode 689 for the 27th of Tishrei in a regular year. So as you may have noticed, there are many recurring themes that come up in the Tanya one of which is God's speech. So we've been discussing God's speech lately. We spoke about it yesterday and we've spoken about it earlier in the Tanya as well. This idea that God speaks the world into creation and that when you know you look at the story of creation in the Bible, which actually is this week's Parsha, is the whole story of the creation of the world. And we see that the whole creation of the world occurred through a process of 10 sayings that we've been talking about. And we've also learned another recurring theme that comes up in the Tanya is that God is not a person, right? And when we use these anthropomorphisms for God, it's one way of understanding it, like on a kind of basic level, is that it gives us something, that, a way that we can understand God on our terms right because it's like we have certain body parts certain actions and things like that so when we attribute those to God it makes God a little bit more comprehensible to us but we've also learned that in fact a deeper way of looking at this is that in fact we are the allegory we are the imperfect image mirror to God who is the ultimate archetype of all of these things so when we talk about speech when we talk about hearing when we talk about Seeing all of these things our experience of these things down here is actually an imperfect expression of God above and that actually when we think about our senses and our actions down here we can look at these things and they can actually help us understand God because it can give us a semblance of how God operates but obviously in a very uh, deeper kind of more archetypical kind of way. So again, going back to speech. So speech is a really big theme because, um, as we've mentioned, speech is the way that God creates the world. And not only, and I say creates, not created, because not only did God create the world back then, back in the day, through the 10 utterances of creation, but actually this is something that's perpetual, as we spoke about yesterday, it's something that happens all the time, that the entire world is being substantiated by God's speech, something from nothing at all moments. And just to give the bigger context, the broader context of why we're talking about this right now is we're in the middle of a certain epistle, Epistle 25, where the altar is discussing a certain teaching of the Bal Shem Tov that relates to this broader concept of this idea that everything contains uh, God's vitality and is actually being sustained something from nothing at all times by the word of God and that nothing exists other than the word of God. Nothing has its own intrinsic existence to it. And we started off this discussion with, interestingly, a discussion on anger management and how like when we keep this in mind, when we really understand how there is nothing but God and that how nothing has its own power, its own vitality of its own, then to get angry at somebody because of something that they did to you that you perceive as a wrongdoing or as an insult to you or whatever is silly. And not only is it silly, it's actually akin to idol worship because you're basically saying that this person has power that they don't actually have because the only thing that has power is God and God is actually giving them the power and vitalizing them and that we spoke about that if somebody is uh, doing something to you that that triggers a sense of anger in you, that. That thing that's being done to you is that's God's will that that thing be done to you. Sure, people have free will, so it didn't necessarily have to be that person, and people are held liable for that ac- their actions. But that's not our business. Our business is to experience our lives and to encounter life at, at face value and to understand that everything that happens to us is an is an expression of God willing the world into existence, speaking the world into existence, and all the elements of the world, something for nothing at all times. So that brings us to today. So today we're going to talk more about this speech, this this uh, this uh, faculty of speech that we say that God has and what it is exactly, because we know that it's not human speech, right? It's definitely something very different than that. Um, but yet we do call it speech because it does have something kind of in common, so to speak, <laughs> interesting play on words, um, with our speech which is that when we speak it's a way of expressing ourselves and we'll see that god's speech is also a way of expressing himself but it manifests in many different ways and it has different different uh, names to it as well so let's get straight into the text and see how the altar explains this and goes through the different names and different uh different aspects, different ways that this speech manifests. So the ultra begins, and he says that it's known to the students of Kabbalah that the Dvar Hashem, meaning the speech of God, is referred to by the sages, meaning like the sages of the Talmud and the Midrash, as the Shekhinah. So the Shekhinah, you might have heard this word before. The Shekhinah is the feminine name of God. As far as I know, it's the only of all of God's names. It's the only one that is feminine in nature. It literally means indwelling. And so the Ultra Abba is saying that, uh, uh, that the, um, that whenever the, that according to Kabbalah, whenever the sages refer to the Shekhinah, they make reference to the Shekhinah, they're basically talking about the speech of God, the Dvar Hashem. And then he says that in, uh, in, in the name and the way that Zohar, Calls the calls the Dvar Hashem calls the speech of God the terms that the Zohar uses is Imatata lower mother and matronuta, which means queen. So again, these are all feminine terms So there's something feminine about these aspects and especially says the ultra at the beginning of Parshas Vayera where we see that there's an analogy about uh, um, to God's speech as being referenced and, and visualized as a princess So why is it that God's speech is referenced in this way? Why is it called Shekhinah, this indwelling? And so the altar says it's because the speech of God dwells within all of the creatures in order to vivify them. And in the language of the the Mekubalim, the Kabbalists, it's called Malchus. So here's another term for, uh, for the Dvar Hashem, for the speech of God, which is very essential, is Malchus. So you may have heard, you know, we've referenced this word Malchus before many times. Malchus is the last of all the spheros. It's the, it's the last one, and it's also the feminine of all the spheros. And it's where they all kind of like come together and become manifest. It literally means sovereignty or kingship. And um and the ultrabbah says that this is because he brings a, a citation from Echa, chapter eight, verse four, the word of a king rules. So the Why is speech associated with kingship? Because we know that the speech of a king is like a king's decree. We don't really have kings nowadays in this way. But back in the day, the idea of a king is that when a king made a decree, that became reality. That was like very, very powerful, right? So that king who would, um, the way he ruled over his palace was through his speech. And so then he says there are actually many different um, reasons for this according to Kabbalah. So that's one reason why it's referred to as Malchus is because the speech of a king is like the power of the king and there's other reasons too. And so now the Alterpa says that there are, there are different aspects, there are different levels. Um, there's the there's the level of Malchus of Atsilus. So Atsilus, if you remember, is the highest of all worlds. Then there's the aspect of Malchus of Bria, which is the next world down, etc. So meaning there are four basic worlds, Atsilus, Bria, Atsira, and Atsira. If you need a review of that, I'm not going to do it right now, but you can go back, you can look it up, or you can go back and listen to previous episodes where I went through those four levels. But that's the basic structure. The highest is Atzilis, then Briah Yitzira, and the lowest is Asiya. So, what is Malchus of Atzilis? We're going to go through them now. So, Malchus of that is the speech of God that vivifies and brings into existence the great souls that are in on the level of Atzilis. So, there are certain great souls that are on that very high level, that are connected to Atsilus, that can be like traced back to Atsilus. And so this is where the, the speech of God in in Atsilus, the the Malchus of Atsilus, this is what it does. This is what it vivifies. And this is like, for example, he gives an example, like the soul of the first man, Adam Harishan, where it says about him that God, and again, this is in this week's Parsha, in Bereshies, chapter two, verse seven, that we see that, that God actually blew life into his nostrils. So that original man, the first man that ever lived in the world, he came from that level. It was like this direct thing that God uh, brought him into existence through this Melchized fatilis, And so too, other souls that were on this very high level was the souls of the four, our forefathers and the souls of prof, the prophets and things like that. So these people, the souls of the forefathers, or or the prophets, or whatever, they were a chariot, really for God, and totally nullified to Him, to God. So just like Atzilus, if you've been following along the podcast, you know Atzilus—the whole idea of Atzilus is the world of emanation. Everything is totally nullified to God on that level, as uh as our sages taught that, um and th- this is from the Zohar where it says mm-hmm. that it was taught that the shechina spoke from the throat of Moshe, that whenever Moshe spoke, he was on such a high level, he was such a high prophet, uh, that he, at whatever he was speaking, it was just God speaking right through him. And this is true actually of all of the prophets and all of those people that had racha kodesh that had, that possessed the Holy Spirit, it's translated as, uh, that the, that the, the voice, that supernal voice and supernal speech became vested in their speech and in their uh and in their voice really as um as the arizal taught so that's that's the whole idea of prophecies that prophecy was that god's speech was actually directly being transferred through through them so there was like no um no uh hindrance at all so this is why we can say that that's connected to the malchus of atzillus because Atzilis is totally connected to god and doesn't have any obstruction from God. Then we have Malchus of Bria, which Malchus of Bria is the speech of God that vivifies and brings into existence the souls and the angels in the world of Bria, which is not on the same level of Attila. So Attilus is like this level of like, there is no obstruction. It's totally just, you know, nullification to God. And Bria is that one level right below it. And then then finally, he skips Yetzirah for some reason. And then he goes on to Malchus of Asiyah, which is Malchus of Asiyah is the speech of God that vivifies this world that we live in. Up until the very, all the way down to the element of earth and water and everything that's underneath the earth below. So that's the end of the section. And, uh, and we'll continue tomorrow um, along these lines. But that, in basic summary, today was just like a summary of what